Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And joining me for a bit of Star Wars discussion is Playlist Editor-in-Chief, Rodrigo Perez. Are you ready to try to keep things positive while talking about Star Wars for once? <laughs> sure. <Why not? laughs> I, I have a feeling we might end on positive. We'll see. Um, for this episode, we're here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the most recent live-action Star Wars series that just wrapped, it, wrapped up its run on Disney+. Plus. Unlike the previous two live-action Star Wars series, The Mandalorian and Boba Fett, those are both created by Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. Obi-Wan is uh, directed by Deborah Chow and showrun by Joby Harold. Uh, so as the title suggests, it's a series that partially fills in the blanks of what exactly Obi-Wan Kenobi was doing after Revenge of the Sith and before A New Hope. And prior to its release, fans were psyched about the series bringing back Hayden Christensen, who everyone, including me, knows and loves from his role in Jumper, and now returns as Darth Vader. And just a warning before we get to our discussion, the series just finished its run and all six episodes are available to watch on Disney Plus and we're going to dive into spoilers. So make sure you finish the series before listening or we're just going to ruin it for you. Uh, You've been warned. But before I get to our discussion of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I got to tell you the playlist podcast is part of the playlist podcast network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, Rodrigo, with all that out of the way, let's get to it. Um, actually, before I ask you your thoughts, I want to just remind people that prior to this show hitting Disney+, Plus, me and you were probably some of the biggest critics of this idea of an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Uh, we definitely have gone on record saying this is not a good idea. So with that being said, what are your overall thoughts? Hmm. Well, when you said, I have two thoughts. When you, when you said, one like the show is about filling in the gaps of what obi-wan kenobi was up to i was like that's not a show (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not a show at all so like in the actuality like yeah it's not bad i i I think i mostly liked it but like let's face it i mean is it necessary was it a great story to tell i mean no, not really. Not, meh, I mean, <laughs> me, it kind of feels like in, in the overall, in the gamut. And I didn't, you know, I sort of, I, I am mixed on the finale itself. I liked some of the other episodes a lot. Um, but it's more kind of an excuse to see Obi-Wan again and to have Ewan McGregor play that role again and to see him one more time because 
I think everybody feels, Lucasfilm included, whether they acknowledge it or not, everybody knows that this, the prequels aren't amazing. Um, you might have affection for them. You may love them, um, but they're not amazing. And I think even a lot of Lucasfilm people who have great affection for them would probably agree with that. I mean, I think Hugh McGregor's said that even in this round of interviews, many, many times without directly saying it, he's basically saying like he said a hundred times in this round of interviews, like, yeah, they were really hard to make. There was so much green screen. Um, <laughs> it was really, really hard. That's his version of saying like, that was not a good experience, you know? And But he was so young too. So like, he can't talk too much shit about it. He was just coming off of train spotting. Yes, yes. He's talked about that a lot too, how his life was sort of like turned upside down. And what's interesting about it is he, you can tell the sort of tinges of, I think they're gone now, now that everybody seems to be embracing this and embracing him and embracing the prequels again. But at the time, I mean, he even said that in that recent, I think it was a GQ article um, that, you know, he was like sort of seen as like Danny Boyle's actor, like a, um, you know, a new wave of, of British filmmaking kind of actor. And then all of a sudden went into Star Wars and sort of sold out. And if they would have been received well, it wouldn't have mattered, but they weren't. And then he sort of fell into like alcoholism afterwards. You know, he was like, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't directly. <laughs> I was about to say, are you blaming George Lucas for his alcoholism? I'm going to blame blaming George Lucas on, on, on Ewan McGregor's drugs and alcohol problems. No, not exactly. That's the full thing. But, you know, I think like it was a big, he, for him, it was a real identity thing. You know, he was, his, his identity was built around like new up and coming guy, um, from the new wave of British filmmaking that was extremely exciting at the time, right? Um, train spotting and all the, the, the subsequent films that came that followed. Then he had a falling out with Danny Boyle, and then he took this. Um, I believe that's the timeline. <clears throat> and then, you know, the films took up a lot of his time. He wasn't able to really do all that much in between. And, you know, the next thing you know, he's got this whole trilogy of films that people didn't love. Um, I'm not sure where I was going with that tangent. But no, it's a great it's a great refresher because I think people, like you said, now everything I mean, it's been what, 17 years since Revenge of the Sith, something like that. So like people have these rose colored glasses when they look back on it as if suddenly these movies are good. And I think everybody needs to be reminded, you know, nostalgia aside, these are not good movies. I mean, you know, I, people will definitely disagree and I'm sure there'll be someone yelling on the other end of this podcast who's listening being like, no, it's great. <laughs> I'm dating myself here and showing my age that I came out of a screening of Revenge of the Sith press screening, first press screening in New York. Um, it, then again, uh, it was one of my first uh, ever. And um, uh, I got interviewed afterwards. I came out of the the the, oh, yeah. the, um, the screening. And people someone... don't understand that. When you go to these screenings afterwards, the, pe the people who put the screenings on either the studio or the marketing PR people, they ask you like, so what'd you think? Well, it wasn't even that though. It oh. was actually regular press because it was the first press. It was so anticipated and that there was actually press milling outside of our press screening to ask journalists or people who saw it what they thought. And wow. everybody was going on about how great it was. And I was fuming mad and I just went off on camera i don't know what that was i don't know who i was interviewed from i don't know that they ever used it or what but i just went off about how bad it was and how disappointed i was and how i thought on paper it was such a mythic incredible story because it's like 
this this archetypal like almost like jesus figure who falls from grace and and turns to it's like literally like the the chosen one angel who yeah. who who like falls from grace and and uh, and i'm saying all this stuff right because I'm, I'm even back then i'm recognizing this is a very archetypical uh very mythic story of like this tra- it, like it, it's still to this day like if i w- i could walk someone through the story and tell a child who'd never seen it and i could have i i believe i could almost have them in tears when i could explain the story of this this young beaming hope of, of light who was supposed to be the the you know the the great hope for everybody and then just like fell from grace and turned to the dark side it's such a it's a tragedy on every level and i just and i i feel like you should be gutted by the end of revenge of the sith and you're not um and so i went off but then that sort of kind of reminds me of like there's a few kind of gutting moments in this um right. there's a few emotional moments and I think that's my long-winded way. I think I found my way back to what I was going to say is that this show in many ways, like the prequels, is sort of not exactly because I think there's an exact point for this, but in some ways it's like part of the thing is redeeming what the prequels were lacking. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what my, my whole long tangent was because if you've, if you've watched The Clone Wars, and I would definitely recommend people to watch The Clone Wars, even if you think it's like a kind of dumb animated kids thing that you wouldn't be into, which on some levels it is, but it does get very good after a while, um, is that if you're, and if you're a big Star Wars fan, you already know this, that The Clone Wars extremely kind of, I mean, it's still like you'll watch them afterwards and they still, they're still bad, uh, but it redeems it on a big level because it, it enriches the story. And it is, it is kind of, it, it does, it's like the proper tee up to the tragedy that should be um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. This, this great, horrible tragedy, this, this, this young shining light, everyone's hope, the guiding thing is going to take everybody in the next generation. It's like kind of like almost the, like, you know, the Obama of, of like the Jedis and, and he just like, well, becomes a Republican or whatever. And it's like- <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's what I'll say. I, I think, uh, I think I'm harsher on the prequels than a lot of people. I just, I was the target audience for the prequels when they first came out. I was still relatively young, still in my teenage years, barely. And this was supposed to be like, you know, my generation's Star Wars trilogy, you know? And I just remember watching Phantom Menace and just being completely turned off by the whole thing. Uh, Attack of the Clones just basically just ruined it for me. And then I begrudgingly went with some friends to a midnight screening of Revenge of the Sith that was like back in the day when they were literally midnight screenings. And I remember like there were still people dressed up as Vader and stuff like doing lightsaber battles outside the theater. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then, you know, it was very disappointing. I remember laughing out loud at the whole no thing, right? That's kind of iconic now. It's kind of just like, ugh. And so I've been kind of uh, vocal about my displeasure with the recent trend of Star Wars stuff. Um, I didn't like really anything in the sequel trilogy. Uh, I thought Force Awakens was pretty fun. Um, I I thought Last Jedi was actually interesting. And then it, it went off the rails. And then Disney recalibrated, or Lucasfilm, I should say, recalibrated and said, we're going to focus on TV. And this is where I've just completely hopped off the train, right? Like uh, Mandalorian, I watched the first season. I was like, okay, this is fine. Second season, couldn't get myself to watch more in an episode. Boba Fett had zero interest from me. And yeah, I really fallen off Star Wars. In, in oh, yeah. And so I, I, I was like, you know, on this podcast saying like, I don't care about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. And I'll tell you what, I, uh, that's my preamble to say, I kind of enjoyed the series, Mm -hmm. um, 
but I have to give a couple caveats. My first caveat is if you just were new to Star Wars and you watch that whole five minute intro video, which I think is like masterfully edited. Yeah, where really they, good, right? Yeah, right. Where they made the prequels seem like this huge epic, you know, they made story. It seem exactly what it should have been, right? Right, right. Whoever edited that should be given yes, it's an terrific. It's, it's literally like, oh, it, it is it is sometimes like the if you if you're not very critical and you would just be like oh yeah maybe they are good you know what i mean you look back and you think like oh it's the perfect um distillation of what they sh- how great they should have been because right. the story is great the story is in- inherently intrinsically phenomenal and terrific yeah so as yeah so if you watch that and you immediately go into the series and you don't really know much about star wars there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on the action's fun it looks finally like an expensive tv show and not like a mid-budget tv show like boba fett and and mandalorian kind of do sometimes and it felt like it was cohesive with the direction and the writing and it just it felt good but then this doesn't exist in a vacuum and this is where my my nitpicks and my flaws start to to come uh, more obvious is when you start putting this in the larger scheme of things, when you start trying to line up the, the puzzle pieces with what happens at the end of Revenge of the Sith and what happens in the beginning of New Hope, you start to see like, oh, this is a story that might cause more issues than it's worth. Um, and I don't know that outside of one scene, and we'll get into that in a second, I think, outside of one scene, I don't know if there's anything in this that um, makes it something that should have been made in the beginning like i don't understand why some choices were made and i don't think that there's actually a story in obi-wan that makes it this whole thing that people have been waiting almost 20 years to see no no for sure for sure but do you really like let me just jump in straight to yeah. that because i'm curious about that do you find because i don't do you think it like it, it disrupts the canon or the order or, or, or the chronology of star it, wars in any so way? it doesn't blow up anything i will give them that there's nothing in here that makes it so egregious that it ruins your enjoyment of a new hope mm-hmm. i will say though it does lessen the impact of certain things the leia stuff if if you know just to catch people up the whole basic plot line of the show is that he has to rescue leia who who's 10 years old and and kind of a a bit of a you know a, a uh, like a punky Brewster type character, you know, she's just so precocious anyway. Um, and, and it, it kind of shows you that, Oh, Ob- uh, Leia and Obi-Wan had this huge, massive adventure, just what, eight, nine years before a new hope. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's not referenced at all in a new hope. And then they try to, at the very end of this series, they try to like paint over that inconsistency by having a line that says, Hey, we can't tell anybody that we know each other. Okay. Wink, wink. And you're like, Oh, that's mm. it. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of that. And then um, other things I didn't like, really have like, a problem with that. Just so I'll say I didn't. Right. I didn't... Right. And then other things like uh, the fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in a new hope. I mean, that's not the most epic fight of all times. Like we can, <laughs> we can look at that and say, it's kind of a, a letdown, but it was supposed to be kind of like, you know, 20 years later, and this was going to be it. And then to know that, oh, no, they kind of been playing cat and mouse for, you know, a decade prior and, and maybe even after this, you know, it kind of just I don't know. It just it made it so the there are things in A New Hope. Oh, and let's say the the big, I guess, spoiler is he actually gets to meet Luke. We don't know what they talk about. We don't know how long they meet, but he meets Luke, which kind of goes against the whole you know luke in a new hope saying like you know oh he's just a crazy old wizard or something you know no 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 no. see i think that fit for me because i always assumed 
because because one time you know you'd say like you know he'd be like maybe you know he's talking about obi-wan kenobi could he be referring to ben kenobi that old hermit you know guy so he met him he he knew who he was he was kind of around he wasn't around much but like he's someone that like neighborhood or someone like right. you know what i mean he, he knew who he was and so ben you know seeing him being hey you know whatever introducing himself i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility well I think. but you know did it, the whole idea of him being friends with owen and um, Baru and like i don't know my well, problem with this friends he met them he crossed <laughs> paths with them and then he keeps his distance and does his thing and for all we know you know i i mean i already got the sense that you know, this is 10 years into his exile. It's, a, it's essentially a 20 year exile, right? Yeah. I get from, I get the sense from this, that he's been mostly keeping his distance and just very, in 10 years, he's not met Luke Skywalker right? until this thing. And so he's just sort of in and around and hovering around. So yes, of course, uh, Owen and Amber knew who, knows who he is and what his purpose is. And yes, Luke is going to have maybe met him over the course of those 20 years, maybe like two or three times, maybe three or four times. But that's about the extent of it. And I think I, I can live with that. Right. I really can. As I was saying, you know, this doesn't like ruin A New Hope for me. They're just little things that didn't need to happen. Right. And you could argue that this show, the Leia thing is, is the crux of the show. So you kind of have to have that if you want this show. But he didn't have to meet Luke. That was purely for fans to be like, oh, they get to meet. And he's got the toy, the toy from the movie. Don't and you think just on the base of, of that story that they would have probably met like I don't think to me I mean other than like you know I hated the hello there because that's like a dumb <laughs> silly meme and they're using it in this important moment and I feel like right. it undercuts it this is supposed to be like the first meeting between the two of them ever um and well that's the thing too is I think um the way I think the way they did it is perfectly fine because we know the gravity of that meeting, but neither of them do. Like right. he knows Luke could be a potentially important person, obviously, but he doesn't realize that Luke's going to bring down the empire. Um, so it's not like he's going to make this like grand entrance. He's going to, he's going to talk to him like a 10 year old. I'm fine with that. I just, I, there are things like that where I just, again, it just, it didn't really, add much to the mythology and it just seemed to be pure fan service and and my biggest complaint of this whole series and this is something i think we both kind of were worried about going into it and you can tell me if i'm crazy is nothing really consequential happens um outside of the darth vader stuff which we can talk about in a bit but outside of that like those two fights between obi-wan and darth uh darth <laughs> uh vader it uh it, he's back in a you know, basically by the end of the show, everything's reset. Leia is back with her parents. Luke's still on the farm. The Inquisitors yeah. are still yeah. hunting Jedis. And there's, no, there's no real stakes. Um, well, and, and literally Obi-Wan's back on exile with, you know, trying to train with Qui-Gon. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It yeah, just felt. I, mean, I, I That's sort of what I was saying at the very beginning is that like, there's not much of a story here and it's just an excuse to spend time with Obi-Wan. That said, one of my biggest things I had a lot of issues in, in um, uh, prior to seeing the, the, the show, like a lot of like, how is this going to work? How isn't this going to undercut this? Isn't it going to undercut that? Um, things like that, that I would say the show surprisingly for the most part um, kind of assuaged those fears, or at least didn't upset me. Like all those things you're talking about, like I'm fine with it. it like my, my biggest concern was it's like, look, this guy's whole purpose 
was to uh, look over Luke Skywalker. And, and, and I think he does. I just wanted to say, I think you're wrong. And I think he does absolutely understand the gravity of who this guy's going to become. He spent 20 years of his life looking over him because he's the next hope. He's the, he's the he, new hope. He's, he's the new hope. Yeah. He's the, he's the, like the, he, he's what he wants to do with what he did with Anakin, what he couldn't do with Anakin. That's what he's, he's hoping for. Um, with Luke Skywalker, although, although by the course, by the time that happens, he's actually so old, um, you know, by the time A New Hope rolls around, that he's not, you know, he, you can tell he's, he's very, um, you know what I mean? He's been holding yeah. on for so long for this moment. And then the moment arrives and he's kind of not over it, but um, he's just kind of like Zen about it. That's like, you know, I can only do so much. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. I'm pretty old now. Um, uh, which I think fits nicely, even though it wasn't necessarily written or intended that way. I, I think that it just fits all well. So, you know, my, but my, but going back to my point, my, I think my first, my main first concern was like, okay, this is this whole mission. This is the whole myth of this character was sitting on this planet for 20 years, 18, but whatever. Um, so if you're going to take him off on an adventure, you better have a damn fucking good reason to take him yeah. on. And if you don't, the show's ruined for me from minute one. And funny enough like it was sitting there under my nose the whole time yes the only possible excuse that they had and i love that you know the showrunner uh or the the head writer that joby uh Harold, Harold, yeah he said it himself he's like there's absolutely no reason for obi-wan to ever leave this planet except for who's the one thing princess leia his sister and then it's like oh yeah so that i was like not only was I pleased by that, I was like, oh, it's funny that it was sort of like obviously sitting there and, and I never had thought about it. I just kept thinking like, oh man, what kind of dumb excuse are they going to concoct for him to go off? And I mean, to be fair, Lucasfilm hasn't filled us with much hope. So, you know, we were thinking the worst because we were expecting that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I also have to say in all these various interviews with everybody involved, Kennedy, Chow, Deborah Chow, the director, um, uh, Joby, the writer, um, you know, I think one of the messages I heard loud and clear, which made me feel good about things, even if they don't necessarily always work, is that every single one of these things are things that they like agonize about as much as they should. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. really, really, they really, they, in every interview, you get the, 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 the sentiment, the idea that they don't take any of this lightly and all the fan concerns um, that other people have are their their same concerns and not and, and not just because they're trying to please the fans but because they understand these stories on the same level that we do obviously and they if not more and so they are very um, uh, cognizant and aware and, uh, and and not wanting to disrupt or um, bend canon or break things and all those kinds of things so like it was basically i think where there was some quote about them saying like everything that was like you know every even like leia all of it was like really hotly contested they didn't want to um they 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 would really agonize and make sure they poured over every choice and made sure it was the right thing before they did it which is maybe why this thing took so long to make you know well so yeah let's let's say it was going to be a film supposedly and then uh got you know, went through one round of writing for the TV show. And then it famously, um, the whole thing kind of got derailed because Lucasfilm looked at it and said, well, no, we're not, we're not into this. Hired a new writer, started from scratch, basically. Um, Yeah, they were all set to go in production. I mean, that story, even, even, 
you know, I think we might've said this on the, on the podcast, but it was very, very underreported in terms of like, everybody kind of made it seem like, oh, it's fine and whatever, but they had like sets, they had all yeah, this stuff, yeah. people, people lost jobs, people were expecting to work. They were about, they were about a month out, they were all set. And then they were like, no. Like, they had cold like feet, yeah, something happened. Yeah, um, and, but and- here's what I'll say about the, cause I, I feel like maybe I came off a little bit harsh in, in my ranting before. Ultimately, I would say that this is like a seven out of 10 for me. It's not great, but it's definitely not bad. And I think for Star Wars, that's a net positive for me. Like Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, I think this series is a net positive more than it is net negative, where even though there are some some, you know, minor quibbles about what how this like syncs up with A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith. I think ultimately, this is a fun story um, that you could only be disappointed i guess if you were really expecting something monumental and as we said there really shouldn't be anything monumental because because it would have been it would have been mentioned beforehand somewhere um so they had they basically had a, a very uh difficult job to thread that needle of interesting but not too interesting and uh without you know falling back on too much of the stuff that could really uh hurt what the original trilogy did um i mean they could have just had luke get kidnapped you know and they you know they couldn't do that and and leia seems crazy at first like the idea that that like i said leia doesn't remember this big adventure but maybe she you know a mixture of didn't remember and is just listening to obi-wan saying we can't really talk about it um so whatever i i think uh, I guess let's transition to the things that we really liked. And I'll start by saying what I really liked was every single time Vader and Obi-Wan cross paths. I think that for me is the strongest stuff, especially the final fight with uh, Obi-Wan at full power and uh, slashing the mask. And then that whole distorted voice, Anakin Vader discussion mm-hmm. was really solid. I thought, um, what did you think? Um yeah although i do want to jump in and say like your whole like just one <laughs> i don't know why i'm defending it like i it's funny you and i, I think land are basically on the same yeah. like, seven out of ten or b but i think we have we get there in different ways but we ultimately are great essentially or 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 you know overall takeaway from it is is largely the same um is that like you if you remember a new hope like i don't think leia and obi-wan share one scene together like they don't ever even see right i I think the fandom had issues with the whole like obi-wan you served my blah 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 as general in the clone wars and and it was very that message to obi-wan was very like i don't know who you are but you're like my dad's friend and we should talk and you know it's i think it's a formal diplomatic message right and 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 you can in maybe when you first watch a new hope you take it as she doesn't know who he is but you know she's trying to recruit somebody she's heard about whereas now you take it as she's kind of like you know hey we need you yes on on the other hand i just also want to say like as someone who has children and the way they forget everything like you know by the time she's 10 there she's like 19 or something by the time like you know it's still kind of a small blip in her life you know i don't know that was that was pretty horrific what she went through (laughs) Like, I feel like uh, Alderaan's, like, therapy uh, better be top-notch for her to get over what just happened. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, and she also goes through, like, she becomes a senator, and she goes, and she has all kinds of adventures and all kinds of crazy stuff that happens to her before 
uh, okay. a new hope, right? She's right. chased. I'm mean, at the very beginning of New Hope. She's chased by a Star Destroyer and caught by Darth Vader. Like yeah. that happens to her, right? So yeah. it's not like shit hasn't happened to her, right? She's and and she's and not that it really matters, but you, on Star Wars Rebels, she's seen on. And th- you could infer anyhow, even if you didn't see them. But yeah, like it's it, that that kind of infers that she's been on lots of missions, and and on Star Wars Rebels, you see that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like just filling in the blanks of stuff that you'd assume. So she's not that super innocent. Anyhow. Right. Um, Vader, I'm just saying, um, I'm just saying it, it, it adds a gray area that, you know, wasn't there right prior. That's all. Yeah. Although I can totally live with it. And I, I think I'm kind of the biggest nitpicker of that kind of thing with star Wars, because I, right. I don't like that stuff being upset either. Um, but it doesn't bother me. Um, Vader so, and yeah, Obi-Wan Vader. Not actually my favorite stuff, really. Really, um, I don't. I I think maybe yeah. I think the the Vader and Obi Wan stuff is yeah. Not I, I think it's probably on the lower end of things on of on, on the show. Uh, there's a, like we can get into it, but there's a um, there's a there's a few moments in this finale fight that are good. I think there's also conversely some moments that are bad and undercut it. Um, I think their first face off is a kind of a nothing burger. Yeah, um, no, that, that and, I, and, I, all I think about that first face off that really stuck with me is it establishes that Vader's pissed and Vader doesn't want to just hurt Obi-Wan. He wants to like destroy. Yeah. Obi-Wan. And it's, it establishes two things. One that Obi-Wan is super rusty yeah. And, is, and, and, and is really out of shape or whatever and like super like just not ready for this. I mean, the whole show, if you, it, there's a whole arc there of Obi-Wan from being completely kind of almost inept, like, you know, even when he's taken out by like Flea and those guys in that first or second episode, like they punch him, they beat the crap out of him. He's, his fighting is really sloppy. And it makes you wonder what he planned on doing if somebody ever attacked Luke, <laughs> right? Well, like if know, he's that he's, terrible. But no, nah, he's just rusty. He hasn't yeah. been doing any Jedi stuff for 10 years. And so there's a whole physical uh, uh, um, you know, arc there of like getting better and getting more acclimated to you know, sort of getting his rhythm back. Um, so yeah, it it's basically establishes that he's out of, uh, he, he's, he's rusty and that, and that uh, um, Vader has a super hardcore grudge. And yeah. I like that aspect of it. The, the grudge aspect of it I really like because I mean he it, just wanted to burn Obi-Wan he didn't yeah, want to yeah, like, yeah, kill yeah. him it's, he just wanted to want to kill him it's like I want I want you to experience what I went through and 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 when you think about it them as being like you know former allies and friends and, and one guy who now fucking just loads him I get that I, I on that level I, I do like I'd like I because those things to me are emotional it's about like you know, feeling like I know from Vader's perspective, he was kind of like emotionally betrayed and abandoned, you know, mm-hmm. by by uh, by uh, Obi Wan who failed him or whatever. That's how he probably sees it, you know. Um, so I, I like those kinds of things, but the their meetings are not all that interesting to me and they're you know people just get excited because that's like the two of them facing off again and you i mean there is certainly an aspect of like you 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 can't help slightly on some levels feel a little bit breathless every time they you know he appears and you know there's a little bit of a horror element to it and there's a sort of scary him just appearing is it's kind of frightening and, it, and there's a sort of lights up a kind of childhood nostalgia for you but that red it, saber i mean like yeah, there's no yeah. denying the red saber yeah, yeah, for sure. But 
in the scope but like it, you know so it, it can kind of like you know tickle the sort of childhood nostalgic brain but it's also not all that i don't know the, the things that i really the, i'm just here for like i don't know i mean cool action is great and stuff like that but i need the, the emotional element to it and the show provides some of that um i think they could have leaned into it a little bit more i loved other than the um uh, other than the de-aging that was bad. I love oh, that. Oh yeah, aspect. that was that, that was distractingly was, bad. Yeah, yeah. Other than though, I feel like it was really well written and a perfect uh good use of a flashback to really underscore, I mean, a practical thing and an emotional thing. And and you know, the the, the practical end of, of like Obi-Wan reminding himself that you know, his opponent is someone who's really impatient and mm-hmm. is a bad tactician because of his impatience. So that helps him out in several ways when he remembers that. But it's also beyond that, beyond the practical, there's this sort of intense sort of like rivalry between them. And, you know, I think that that, that whole little thing is really layered and really wonderfully layered in that even that moment of defeat, um, which is Anakin's defeat, even though he thinks he's bested Obi-Wan, there's a little bit of a, it's, it's, it's so complicated that moment, that little final moment. He's like, uh, he's disappointed in with himself. He's a little bit resentful at Obi-Wan. Um, he's full of uh, arrogance, ambition because of his skills. And, and that's another thing that's in the Clone Wars that they really underscore that he's just always like, look, I can, I can do anything. Don't worry, man. Like, like, uh, like uh, he's so cocky and he's so like, he just feels I- I- invulnerable, you know? Um, uh, I guess that's also in the prequels, but it's, it's yeah. Really- I mean, he wants to literally cheat death. Yeah. 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 He, he, he's, so it's all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I really like that. And what did know. you think about the, the mask, the scene that I'm talking about the end of the fight when the mask is torn off and like, he's kind of like, you could see Hayden Christensen finally under the mask um because well, one i <laughs> one it's 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 sort of ripped off a little bit from uh i saw uh, that I, I saw that after the fact it was what well, rebels did the same exact thing huh yeah rebels did the same thing they did it first and they did it arguably better and it was a fight between ahsoka and darth vader and she right. cracks the mask and um he looks at her and you know that's also like a very important the two most important relationships in Anakin's life besides Padme are Obi-Wan and, and Ahsoka yeah. um, and because Ahsoka's his pod one it's like the reverse of you know uh, it's, it's similar what his relationship to Obi-Wan is except he's in the in the, the mentor role right um, so it's sort of taken from that and so it slightly undercuts it for me I don't think if anyone's ever seen that before they might think it's super cool it certainly was when I first saw it on Rebels um, I guess I'll unpack this right now since you're asking about that moment. Um, there's two things about it. One that I extremely love and one that I extremely don't love. And, and it's basically that, um, so they look at each other and uh, Obi-Wan has this really emotional moment. And I got to say that I think Ewan McGregor is, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's just the best part about this series. And I oh, think yeah, this for sure, could have been down. even better had it had even better writing for him. He's so good and he's so there to be like this is a B, but there's a version of this that's an A because of of, of Ewan McGregor. Like I feel mm-hmm. like he he outmatches the writing. Like the the you know the moments when they when the 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 few moments when the show really asks him 
to um, bring his A game. He's there and above and beyond. He's terrific. Um, so there's that moment, you know, where he's basically all like on, on the verge of tears and, and, you know, he's in that millisecond moment when he was fighting Vader, he's relitigating again, everything that, that happened with Anakin, which is his failures, the way he, you know, he failed Anakin. He, Anakin was not, but Anakin was also his best friend. You know, he loved him. He, he was his brother. There was such a rich, complicated relationship, even though it's not really, um, that well shown in the prequels like this is where this show can sort of in that in that same similar sense can redeem the prequels in that sense right you get the real emotional sense that these two were so connected they were brothers that loved each other and obi-wan feels this great regret and failure and disappointment in himself so he's relitigating that in that moment and 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 i can't remember what he says but he's just oh he's like you know I, i think he says you know i'm sorry i failed you and it's such a like you know, bruising moment. He's on the verge of tears. And then Anakin says something like, you know, you didn't kill uh, Anakin Skywalker. I did. Yeah. He doesn't exist anymore. And to me, there's a moment there that's, that's set for another whopping emotional moment on top of that. And instead the show goes, uh, Oh, okay. Well then peace Peace out. out, Darth. Yeah. Bye Darth. I guess I don't know you then. And I was like, what? It was like, yeah. So it like really, really undercut and killed that moment when to me, like even off the top of my head, and I feel like I was saying this earlier to other people, I just outwrote the, all the four writers of this series because a better moment that I came up with on the, on the fly is a callback to Return of the Jedi when he could have been like, you know, had Vader down and said, I'm so sorry. And Vader says, I killed him, blah, blah, blah. And then he could have just like thrown his lightsaber aside and said, no you know, I, I know Anakin's in there somewhere. I know that there's still good in you and he could have walked away. And that could have been like a faint kind of callback to uh, Return of the Jedi when mm-hmm. what, what Luke does. And it doesn't have to be like overtly in the same kind of way, but just the same sentiment, just the, that echo of like, no, actually, I still love you no matter what. Like, I know there's some hope in you. I, I guess I don't see it now and I have to walk away. But like, ugh, the whole like, okay, fine then. Goodbye, Darth. It was yeah. Like, they use that moment as a get out of jail free card for Obi-Wan as oh, a, was... as a, as a way to like cleanse him of any, you know, to absolve him of his sins. And I got, yeah, I'm the, I'm with you on that too. I was, when he said, you know, um, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. I was like, Oh no. Cause when he said that there's a long pause and I thought he was going to say, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. You created me, which I thought would have been cool too, because that would have just added to the guilt. Like, because let's be real, Darth Vader, as we see him, is a result of yeah. that battle on Mustafar, yeah. wherever they were. So, yeah, I just, I like the scene because, like you said, it's super emotional and Ewan McGregor is bringing it for sure. And yeah. I like that battle. Um, it does get a little comic booky and video gamey with the, the yeah, force powers. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I, I will, I'll grant that. But um, other than that, I thought it was really cool. And then... Um, and the, the whole walking away and kind of him just being like, you know, oh, well, I did my best was, yeah, was a bit of a was, letdown. I felt, felt like that was such a lost opportunity. Yeah. Like there could have been like, you want your, your guy to be the hero, right? And, yeah. and, and the true hero is much more like what the scenario I came up with, which would be something like much more like Luke, which is like, no, no matter what, I'm always going to find see the best in you even though you're this horrible disfigured version of it and i think somewhere inside you know uh uh 
you're there and maybe one day that'll come out. Like, I think that would have been much better. Like, you know, yeah. you can be, it can be said in whatever way it's going to be said. It doesn't have to be said exactly like that, but that sentiment to me, I think would have been so much stronger. And since they love their callbacks so much, oh, they I, mean, do. Imagine, I imagine he would have done it just in that same way where like he could have struck him down and then instead he throws his lightsaber away. And then someone would say, well, why did he go to his lightsaber? How does he still have it in New Hope? <laughs> well, he can reconstruct it, jackass, because like, well, that's what they do, right? So Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if the emperor can fall down a, a endless pit and then arrive again and and you know three movies later then yeah they can reconstruct a, a lightsaber um let's let's talk about other things because i think a lot of what we've been talking about is like the last two episodes of the series but there were four more before that and a lot of that had to do with reva um the third sister aka one of the inquisitors you're somebody who followed the animated series um so you were familiar with the inquisitors especially grand inquisitor i guess Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think of Reva? I will, I'll just say, I'll throw this out here. I thought she was really one note until they gave her backstory, which was completely something you could guess from probably yeah. the first episode. Um, so it wasn't that shocking, but before that she was just kind of generic star Wars villain, right? Yes, I totally agree. I thought she was very generic, very boring, very one note. And then her story was revealed, which again, you could see a mile away. However, the way that the twists and turns of, its, of, of the story and, and, and how it fully blossoms, I thought was original and very, very interesting. And it made for an excellent penultimate episode, which is, I think, the best one. I agree. I agree. I, I just wish that maybe she would have really died. I know that's terrible to say. Um, I think Moses Ingram is a, is a fine actress, and I think she could have done a lot more had the writing given her more to do. Um, but I think when she attacked Darth Vader, and he just kind of stabbed her and left her there. You were just like, oh, well, you know, if he yeah, really wanted to kill her, he should have just really killed her, right? Yeah, that should have been the end. And 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 to that end, you know, her um, going after Luke ends up kind of being a non-starter, right? It's right. Sort of, it just I, kind of there to sort of fill in the, um, it's, it's almost like a, a non-starter kind of uh, cross-cutting thing that's needed for like, okay, Obi-Wan's going to go fight uh vader and in the meantime the show needs to cut to something so we'll give her that to do but we know it's not going anywhere we know she's not going to kill luke we know she's not going to kill aunt beru or uh, uncle owen and we know nothing of any major consequence is going to happen and it really doesn't and it's not even all that emotional even though like you know like obi-wan i I guess forgives her and and you know and and i thought at least on that level it was good but uh you know i'm okay with i'm okay with him forgiving her i think that they they wanted to redeem her and she could show up again who knows but um i have a question for you regarding the luke stuff and her Mm. she so she gets stabbed through the chest or stomach or whatever uh and then here's the the calm say you know basically three words um bail organa tatooine or no four Bail Organa, Tatooine, uh, Owen, and the kid, you know? What was her plan? Why did she go after Luke? Well, she does go, like, because she, I mean, she does get but the why? sense that, that, I mean, I think that message, I, I, I watched Does she again. know that that's Vader's kid? Is she, like, making that leap? Is she She's just getting... like, I need to hurt somebody that Obi-Wan cares about? Like, what is it? What's the motivation? I, I, I mean, it's, like, kind of, like, I mean... First of all, she's like Obi-Wan. She's full of mindless kind of un- unhinged rage, right? Like she's just wants revenge and it's not a clear headed revenge, right? Okay. Um, so 
you know, she hasn't even thought any of this through. She wants to destroy Obi-Wan. She wants to destroy Vader. And that's what I really liked. I thought, I thought her trying to get Vader in all this was an excellent kind of twist and a great kind of emotional kind of hook to what she went through. You know what I mean? Right. She's angry because she felt like everybody failed her. Obi-Wan, the Jedi, Vader, everybody, right? It's like her against the entire world. And she's got a long game plan of like getting back at everybody. And this well, scenario is really going to help her. It's going to help her wipe out Jedi. It's going to help her wipe out Vader. And then she's going to take ultimate power. But, you know, that's about as, as far as she's thought it through. So in this moment of defeat where she's probably extra enraged because she, again, she's similar to Anakin in that she's, she's super arrogant in this moment when she's been like bludgeoned and like really messed up, she sees this message and she's like, okay, like there's some sort of connect there with uh, uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Bale and another kid that maybe is somehow connected to all this stuff. And she does, we do see her digging and rooting around. Right. So, yeah. Well, so I, I, I can't help but think know of the like, answer immediately. Yeah. I can't help but think of Tony Stark and Avenger saying it's not a great plan. Like it, her no, plan. No, no. Well, it's not, it's not, but I think that's part of the point, you know? Right. No, I mean, cause even going back to the Vader thing, it's like, okay, you wanted to kill Vader. What was your plan? Her, she didn't have a plan. Obi-Wan gave her a plan and yeah. it was like, Oh, so you were just going to like, try to fight him? Like, that's crazy. Anyway, I thought Reva as a character, I'm okay if they bring her back in something. I assume that's kind of what they're setting up for, just the possibility. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. If the, I mean, I she could show story, up in something, right? I think her right? story's kind of done, though, in a way. Like, I don't right. think she come back. I just, well, you know, if, if Lucasfilm has proven anything, that it's they're willing to to really mine these, these For sure, for characters. sure. But when would she come back? Like, she would be. Oh, I don't know. Like, Maybe an Andor. Eh, no that's not gonna happen and and because andor's already done and it's happening right. and it's and uh uh you know the timeline would be that she'd probably be way too old for um oh she couldn't do post sequels no she can't do mando and stuff like that yeah. and she can't do uh the new the, the new trilogy so maybe um, well i'm just saying like comic books it could be a number of things but yeah, yeah uh, sure, sure. so so you're a fan of the the cartoons and you had uh you had met grand inquisitor whatever his name is yeah um what did you think about how they kind of that was just kind of hyped up and people were super pissed about his design and then ultimately it was kind of like meh whatever yeah i mean it, it was fine i i've i've always really really liked the concept of the inquisitors though i thought that was always a really great idea and they were super well executed on rebels and while they weren't as good, I love their purpose because it does, and it, they have a great way of writing retroactively. And it sort of fits into this idea of like, you know, uh, a Vader wants uh, revenge, right? And, and that means like stamping out every little last remaining one of these little motherfuckers, right? We're going to get, we're going to go around and we're going to fucking kill all of them. And if there's children out there, we're force sensitive. We're going to kill them too. We're just going to, it's almost like, it's it's also kind of feels like what I thought was interesting is it feels like a um, a persecution, right? right? Like a like a you know a Jewish kind of like person. We're gonna look. Well, we're they were definitely leaning in on that in the yes, early episodes. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool, right? Because it was really those kinds of echoes of like trying to stamp out, like almost that that Naziist Germanic thing of like we're gonna stamp out these vermin, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really interesting, and I've always liked the Inquisitors and uh, and their role um them themselves yeah not necessarily the most not the greatest execution in terms of versus the series because 
they're a little bit more heightened characters. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're a little bit more, they're harder pull, to pull off in live action. And I think that's a part of the whole, I, I think that's just a, a, a thing that, that's, that's tough for them in general. Is, is pulling off like you know they even they've done a pretty good job with Ahsoka but you know they've even talked about like you know um uh Filoni and stuff like that is how they they've had to do some design stuff to make her different because uh like some of the things just don't work in live action that that right. of some of the exaggerated features uh from the cartoon and it's going to be the same thing when they get to um when they start bringing more and more of these characters from uh, the animated series into live action, there's going to be certain characters. And there's one, for example, from Rebels, I think that it would basically have to be in a completely CGI alien creature that I think that they'll probably just forego and not bring back because it's probably too difficult. Well, and expensive. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. other thing too. So I want to, I want to end our discussion talking kind of about this in the pantheon of Star Wars series that we're getting, mm-hmm. uh, that we have, that we're getting and and kind of where it is. Because for me, I, I said it before, this felt more of the closest thing that they've gotten for any of these Disney plus series that feels like it was up there in terms of like the movies and stuff. Right. Yeah. I thought is, like it's definitely better than, than I'm not a big fan. Like I, like we, I think we've basically talked about it on this podcast, but I was like, just for the record, I was just not a fan of Boba Fett at all. I thought both right. was terrible. And I think while there have been some pretty good episodes of Mandalorian here and there, I think overall it's kind of, not really my favorite and and i would think even some season two while there were some really great episodes near the end season two is pretty like man yeah not great right and so this felt like oh maybe this is the promise right like this is the promise that we were we were told at the beginning of all this disney plus stuff that we're going to get live action star wars and it's going to be meaningful and big and you know, this felt like the first time I was like, yeah, you're right this even though the story isn't 100 percent there even though it's you know it's got some questions and some issues. This, this felt big. Um, we think Andor is probably going to be like this more than the Filoni stuff. I think Andor is probably going to like blow everybody out of the water. That's my prediction. Right. Andor is going to, is going to even blow Obi, Obi-Wan away. And it's going to, again, once show that like, like you, you're going to say like, well, what can matter? Cause we know what this guy's fate is going to be. And it's not, and it, it doesn't matter about any of that. You know, I think right. it does, it is going to feel like there is stakes, even though you think that there's not right. And that's exactly how rogue one is right. There's, there's huge stakes in rogue one, even though like in, in some ways you think like, well, how can it be? Because we know what happens, but there's, there's massive stakes. And as we know from the end of that thing, we, we, you know, there was major stakes for these people. So I think, and I think he's really, really good at doing that because it's not about necessarily like the plot points and, and he doesn't really give a shit about like where, you know, it's and the he like, is Tony Gilroy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the showrunner, the director, the writer, Tony Gilroy, who's, I think it was funny. He doesn't even like star Wars and he said it before, yeah. but he's just fucking really good at it because he's, well, he's just a really good storyteller and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. Um, right. And, and that, and that's what I think my, my hope is that Andor is that is good because of that because it's tony Gilroy, because it's a guy who is kind of the anti-feloni um and, yeah, and no, i think i i think it's i think it's, it's certainly going to blow mandalorian and and uh 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 boba fett out of the water for sure if not all of them because i i think he's gonna it's it's not about the fact that we know that you know, he doesn't die until the end of Rogue One. It's going to be about all this other stuff and it's still going to feel meaningful and powerful and emotionally bruising and all that stuff, all the good stuff that all stories should have, you know? Right. 
Um, so so do you think that they're going to be two levels of these series now that we're going to have the series that are kind of like boba fett and we're gonna have the series that feel truly like events like obi-wan and andor um i think it really all depends on the filmmakers and what kind of stories they're telling and since um i I would i I think my overall answer to that is no that i think you'll occasionally get something like an andor or an obi-wan and i think most of them are going to be like the other ones and kind of insubstantial and not that great and i don't really have a lot of i still don't have a lot of super faith for star wars on television i think it is what it is and i've come to terms with that i think i'm at peace with like the level of quality that it's going to be but i don't i'm i don't think i've mistaken in or or fooled into thinking that it's going to be like uh super amazing at any point and i'm just going to have to like enjoy it for what it is and enjoy the best i can but um i don't have like yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 as as a fan of Rebels and stuff like that, I'm going to be interested to see how those storylines happen in the, you know, the the Mando, Filoni world of things. But I don't know. That stuff's all always still a little too. It feels like, uh, and, and you know, one can say arguably like, well, that's what they were meant to be. But like, it they don't feel that meaningful. They feel more like serial of the week kind of yeah. thing you know what i mean yeah. like um i almost said this and i realized it was a, a pejorative but i was gonna say it's almost like cw shows yeah i mean they're Where, always better they're, than CW shows. yeah but it, yeah but it but it's um you know even mandalorian was a bit like that as i i said in many reviews and many things the mandalorian was basically at like kind of overall which is bonanza in space like the 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 uh mando takes uh um uh, baby yoda they roll into town into a new town they fight some new characters maybe they make some friends along the way then they go to another new town and they have new challenges there but it's, it's basically like bonanza you know like except for bonanza was like people would come into town and it would be that same town but it was like a western where just like a, a gunslinger's walking through different towns and goes into different saloons and goes and has different problems that's all it was so it was kind of like the new saloon of the week um, so in that way, very kind of insubstantial and not very like, you know, and Boba Fett had similar, I mean, Boba Fett was even worse. Like Boba Fett was so, <laughs> so, 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 so boring and so painful. Um, I'm, 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 I just liked when uh, I didn't watch the show, but yeah. I liked seeing the pictures of the Power Ranger bikes. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh boy. Let <laughs> me started there. <laughs> well, so basically what I'm getting at is I think for casual fans like myself, the people who are just are here for star Wars when it's good and couldn't care less about star Wars when it's bad. I'm just going to wait until I see something that like an Andor or an Obi-Wan where it's like a new filmmaker, one complete vision, six episodes or eight episodes and doesn't yeah. feel like it's just, I don't know. It, like a villain of the week sort of thing, right? Like Obi-Wan felt like a, an, a long movie and or from the first teaser we got feels like it's going to continue that that's what excites me i could not care less what dave filoni and john favreau are working on um i'm sure they're they're mighty fine gentlemen but that type of star wars stuff just does not interest me yeah i agree to me that's more like it unfortunately it's it more and more that that level of star wars is it's starting to become more like star trek 
Right. Which is like, you know, we're in space and it's a similar kind of thing. We're on a new adventure this week, right? We go to this planet on this week or we're floating around in space. And then this nebula comes in or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the, the problem of the week, um, which is like, to me, like kind of the most, the worst kind of writing and the most superficial kind of writing. Um, and I think that could potentially change on the Filoni Fabro shows because they are building towards a real kind of storyline now like you know before it was like you know again it was the the villain of the week the town of the week in, in Mandalorian and now they're all these things are taking shape where they are going to continue a story from Star Wars Rebels and so what they'll probably do is take the Mando character with baby Yoda and graft him onto Ahsoka and some of the uh, Rebels characters and they'll all probably merge into like an Avengers style thing that continues one of the main storylines from Rebels. So at least it'll seemingly have a story. Although since they're basically after somebody, they're looking for Grand Am and Admiral Thrawn, who knows where Ezra Bridges is. It could end up being a kind of like, what clue do they find this week to get yeah. them closer to finding them, which could be, which is just as horrible. Um, but at least, you know, I have mild, mild hope that, uh, there is at least a, a for a story coalescing that that feels like more than um, there ever was on the Mandalorian. Yeah, I just I hope I hope because Obi Wan is a massive massive hit for Disney Plus and Lucasfilm. I hope that they take away that fans really enjoy this sort of one off storytelling when it is seemingly important. Um, you know, it maybe not the most important story, but like a character that's seemingly important. Not saying that we have to use like established characters, but it just, it <laughs> legacy, has to, legacy. <laughs> I know now uh, it just has to feel like this is an important story. Whereas those Filoni ones, it just feels like, okay, well, you know, you're mentioning Thrawn and, and Ezra and all these people. I could not care less. Well, I you know who they are. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> so at that point it is like Star Trek and it is like, you yeah. know the the comic books and the books and the, Although the good, i think really good filmmakers and good storytellers can really kind of reverse engineer that stuff and make it meaningful right right but see you know i don't know yeah. like feloni is i don't know i have a lot of respect for that guy i think he's oh. incredible but um and and again i only say that i don't care because i don't care it's not that people don't care, you know, yeah, like right. he, he clearly has found a niche that, you know, is going to attract, especially like the Uber fans um, yeah. and good for him, man. He is kind of the disciple of Lucas and the yeah, heir apparent yeah. and all that. So, you know, more power to him. It's just not for me. And as, as a selfish viewer, I'm just hoping for more on the spectrum of Obi-Wan than on Mandalorian. So we'll see. Well, it's funny that like, you know, of all this stuff that you're like, I don't care about this anymore and stuff. And it's like, and if you do want good Star Wars content that is somewhat <laughs> meaningful and at least like on the level of like what you wanted from Obi-Wan, the way you're going to get it immediately would be to go watch Clone Wars and yeah, watch Rebels. Those are cartoons, you know, man. Those cartoons that, you know, you don't really <laughs> want to get into. But in terms of the level of quality, that's that's where you what you got. That's, you know. I'll I'll uh I'll put that in the queue. Yeah, I mean I get it. I get it. I <laughs> no, before, I just yeah. The animation is is a real kind of uh, non-starter for a lot of people. It doesn't look great. It seems goofy, and it is 
and it's not great at first, but it's one of those things. Once you get into it, none of that stuff matters. Right. And, and, and I sound like a snob, like, Oh, I only watch live action stuff. I'm fine with animation. It's just, you know, you add on the star Wars, you add on the the animation, you add on the, you know, it takes place in the prequel times and stuff like that. I just, you know, for sure. For sure. I would say that once your kid gets a little older and if, if she ever gets into this stuff, that's the only reason I saw it. It was a perfect excuse for my kids. My kids were like, my daughter, I think, was four at the time, and she, we wanted Star Wars stuff, and she'd already seen, uh, uh, you know, the 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 trilogy or something, and and she wanted more. And then I like there was certain I don't even think we maybe maybe there I hadn't shown her Empire. There's a few where like I'd shown her stuff, and then I wasn't sure if like she was ready for stuff. And I thought, oh, this would be a perfect excuse to get into the stuff because it's cartoons and it's animated, and she likes all that stuff anyhow. So that was the only kind of reason I put it on. And then I yeah. ended up really, really liking it. But yeah, we'll see. Those we'll are see. Good excuses. I, I actually have used uh, a lot of. I, I'm. I don't want to say I'm a snob like that either, but I kind of have been in the past, where, where at least I always like. Eh, I don't gravitate to animation, and I don't watch those things. Um, at at first, I always I'm I always go I, I, all that anime animated stuff I cap, catch up with after the fact. But since I've had children, it's always been a good excuse or opportunity sometimes just to see stuff I, I mean i just saw a, week, a movie last weekend i think i was telling you about that i didn't want to see that i just saw because my kids were going to see it so and i loved it so you know it's sometimes a really good opportunity to check out that stuff that you might not normally gravitate to that's how i use it because i don't gravitate to animation or, uh, uh, by choice but sometimes it ends up being really great you yeah know? Again, it's my- just like filmmaking storytellers who's good who's 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 not or who's not that special and who's really great you know it's, it's really yeah. like anything my daughter's at the age now if it doesn't have a dog in it she can she didn't care so right. you know if they make a that. star wars dog show then she'll be into it but um you know and the good news is is by the time they actually make another live action movie she'll probably be like in kindergarten or something so you know it's she'll be, she'll be graduating college by the next time <laughs> they make, a, they make a, a, a live action film that's true all right so i want to wrap up um I guess, like you said, we said a few times, our overall thoughts, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty happy with Obi-Wan, even though it does have its flaws and it's not perfect. Maybe it is because, you know, when you compare it to other things, it's, it's better than other things. And, and that's as good as we're going to get right now. So. Yeah. I mean, and, I don't think it's great, but I think it's, it's, I guess it satisfies uh something for the moment (laughs) yeah and by the way just one last thing hayden christensen did he actually need to be in this outside of that one flashback probably not probably not but you know i think these they they're very much like a family kind of thing about this and they want to include people and yeah um, well just the whole whole idea that this is the guy under the suit it's like well is he though um mandalorian has, has made me a little cynical right you don't need the you don't need the guy there but you know whatever good for him for 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 being there and being part of it and i'm sure that was kind of meaningful for him so you know that's good for him and i wasn't kidding at the beginning i do like jumper and i do love him in jumper so you know any any hayden christensen love i'm here for oh really i thought you're being really sarcastic about jumper no i've 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 talked to mike about jumper i've I've enjoyed jumper quite a bit i've Um, never seen jumper i've only seen it on moments on tv and laughed and changed the channel but (laughs) hey it's got case stew in it uh yeah it's it's you know it's not great but whatever uh that's neither here nor there all right thank you rodrigo for talking obi-wan and uh getting all nerdy with me and you know we'll probably end up talking about andor in i don't know four months or so whenever it comes out 
Yeah. Well, no, it actually comes out much sooner. It comes out in August. So we'll be talking about Does it, it really? Jesus. Yeah, we are Never almost, ending. We're almost in July. And so it's coming out in at the end of August, actually. Wow. Um, almost September, the end of August. It'll be. We'll have so two screen. months. Yes. Okay. We're back at it. Yeah. All right. I'm very much looking forward to it because I love Tony Gilroy and love what he's done with Star Wars. So. Well, we'll see if he can uh, do it again. Yeah. Because um, in the Disney era, I think he's the high watermark. So, um, yep. yeah. All right. Great. All right, Rodrigo. Thank you. Yep. Uh-huh.